0: Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am here with your week eight NFL betting picks. Uh, As always, we begin with some recap of last week. Jump into Thursday night football game picks, ATS picks, player parlays, all sorts of stuff ahead of week eight of the NFL season. We're almost halfway done with things, guys. Very scary. But let's jump in. All right, we begin, as always, with a brief recap of last week. And in summation, everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. There's like four good teams in the NFL. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in all my years of watching football. There seems to be about four good teams. Can you name six good NFL teams? I know we had a bunch of them on by this week. The Rams are, I guess, kind of good. They fall in that category as defending Super Bowl champions. We give them that sort of respect. The Bills certainly are extremely good, but they were off this week. The Eagles also off this week. And in lieu of those teams, we have a lot of stinky, stinky quarterbacks, stinky, stinky offenses. And man, it was a brutal, brutal slate. We talked about it last week when we first started breaking down this week and this week was everything we thought it would be in terms of ugly football, poor quarterback play all around the league. My God, Daniel Jones was one of the better quarterbacks this week running for over 100 yards. I don't know what to make of any of these teams. We have a lot of mediocre rosters, a lot of mediocre quarterback play around the league. It feels like a very strange year. In all my years watching football, I cannot remember a year in which we've seen such consistently poor quarterback play around the league, especially coming off a year like 2020 and 2021, where all these quarterbacks were really just crushing it. Kirk Cousins looked like an MVP candidate once every three weeks. Now we have essentially Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and everybody else. Um, We saw Matt Ryan, the big news today, getting benched after another putrid performance with the Titans and, and the Colts. Nobody hates losing to the Titans more than Jim Irsay, so much so that last year, uh, if you watch that behind-the-scenes hard-knock show, he essentially shit on the uh, Colts coaching staff, asking them if they enjoy losing. Now, this year, after another bad Titans loss, he benches Matt Ryan, who I guess uh, suffering from a separated shoulder, but he benches him for the rest of the season. They're running out Sam Ellinger. Just a wild, wild week of football. Another wild, wild week of storylines. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense looking disgusting again. I'm retiring from betting against the Giants. Big picture. Every week on this show. In some capacity, I've tried to bet against the Giants. And every week, they kick my ass. They are, I think, sixth and one against me personally on this show, this season. All they do is screw up my parlays, screw up my teasers. This past week, they screwed up my main pick of the week, which was the Jaguars, and I can't do it anymore. That will come up again when we talk about our coverage king this week. But for now, just stop betting against the Giants, please. I have to remind myself that maybe a little later this episode, even. Another thing I just briefly want to mention here last week, our Thursday night anytime touchdown scorer prop cashed. I had Eno Benjamin, anytime touchdown scorer. Eno Benjamin, all props over. He ended up rushing for 92 yards and a touchdown. He had a lot of opportunity there. I'm going to try to give you another fun Thursday night football pick when we get to our Thursday night game here. So let's start with Thursday night football. Again, we begin with the Ravens at the Buccaneers in Tampa. Buccaneers are minus two and a half. The over under in this game is set at 44. This line is weird to me. I'm not sure why the Bucs are giving anyone points. I understand that the Ravens have struggled a little bit to close out games, but the Bucks just got smoked by the Panthers. Smoked. Uh, they struggled all game to consistently move the ball. Tom Brady looks weirdly skinny. I've been saying it all year. There is bad vibes around this Bucks team. This Bucks team, something is off. Tom Brady's going to weddings on Friday nights. He's skipping walkthroughs. He missed a lot of training camp. Maybe they figure something out throughout this season but this Bucks team reminds me so much of that final New England Brady team uh, where Brady just didn't have the talent around him on offense he didn't feel comfortable he didn't feel set in his feet a lot of times he got happy feet within the pocket he was throwing the ball into the dirt throwing it out of bounds just to avoid taking the sack and that's what this Buccaneers offense feels like to me if you watch last week's game I'm excited to dig into the tape a little bit but uh, Brady was just double clutching over and over and over again. And he doesn't really do that. It's not something that he really consistently does because it shows that uncomfortable feeling he seems to have right now within this offense. Uh, in terms of a play in this game, I'm probably going to stay away. I don't want to bet on the Bucs until, I don't know, probably the rest of the year. I'm avoiding this Bucks team, bad juju all around. But give me Rashad White anytime touchdown scorer. If you were following any of the quotes after last week's game, The head coach of the Bucs was essentially saying that he's going to give some of these young guys a shot. If you're an older player, you need to prove why you need to be out there. I think that Leonard Fournette, they're frustrated with him a little bit. He's a guy who everywhere he goes, people get frustrated with him. Uh, The Jaguars coaches essentially cut him because they just couldn't stand him. Uh, And now we're seeing that a little bit maybe in Tampa Bay. Uh, This Rashad White guy is somebody who Adam Scheffner was talking about a lot early in the offseason, but a guy who could really step into a big role within this this offense. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Rashad White fall into the end zone here, maybe get a short receiving touchdown from Tom Brady, maybe fall in on a split carries a little bit with uh, Leonard Fournette this week. So give me a Rashad White anytime touchdown scorer on Thursday Night Football. We begin this week with the Jacksonville Jaguars returning to their home away from home, London. Uh, They are hosting the Denver Broncos, the putrid Denver Broncos, who are coming off a home loss to the New York Jets. Uh, They essentially got dominated offensively again. The Broncos right now, if you dig into some of the advanced stats are one of the worst offenses through a half season we've seen in the modern NFL. Uh, We're talking about like the Blake Bortles team his his last year with Jacksonville. Uh, We're talking about those Adam Gase offenses on on the Jets the last couple years. We're talking about the Joe Judge offense with the Giants last year. Those are the comparable offenses we're looking at when we're talking about this 2022 Denver Broncos team a team that traded multiple first round picks multiple draft picks to pay their quarterback two hundred and forty five million dollars. Now Russell Wilson didn't play last week. It doesn't look like he's going to play this coming Week. Uh, the over under in this game is set at 40. The line is Jaguars minus four. And I think truly, you need to be a maniac to bet on the Broncos in this spot. Number one, the Jaguars kick the shit out of teams on the road, typically in London, except for that one weird game a few years ago uh, where we had them just sort of choking away turnover after turnover. But consistently, the Jaguars are a team that takes care of business on the road in London, in their home away from home. They got a lot of fans over there because that's what they do. And the Broncos, by contrast, are starting uh, Brett Rippian, letting him rip it. Uh, the guy looked actually better than Russell Wilson when he was on the field. He was really letting the ball fly down the field. Jerry Judy looked like a competent receiver with Brett Rippian, something he has never really looked like in his entire NFL career, and especially not with Russell Wilson this year. So give me the Jaguars minus four. They are London's team. They are going to take care of business against a bad, 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 bad Broncos team next up the carolina panthers at the atlanta falcons the falcons are six point favorites here falcons coming off another bad loss uh every week you buy into this falcons team uh, they, they sort of kick you in the teeth. Last week I talked about how they were the last undefeated team left against the spread in the league, and now here they are screwing us over. Last week's coverage, King Arthur Smith uh, loses this game by 18 points this past week. Now he comes back home to play a Panthers team that's coming off a major, major victory where their defense looked incredible. They traded Christian McCaffrey, a little Ewing Theory situation here, potentially in the wake of McCaffrey moving on to the 49ers. This Panthers offense doesn't really miss a beat with P.J. Walker, Chuba. Hubbard and and Deonta Foreman. Now, they're coming off a a major ass kicking of Tom Brady, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have Ryan Burns. They have a defensive unit that is really impressive in terms of personnel. It looks like they're going to keep that unit intact, this trade deadline. They may make a few more moves, but I would be shocked to see them move on from Ryan Burns here. They seem pretty resolute in the fact that they're sticking with those guys and using them as building blocks for this team come next year. Now, the Falcons are are a team that I usually like to bet on as underdogs. This is the first time you really have an opportunity to take them as a big favorite here, a home favorite. The line seems like a lot, but I don't know. I talked all about how Arthur Smith has been so good to bet on in his tenure as the Falcons head coach, and a six-point line screams like too much to me, especially looking at what this Falcons team has done. They were down 18 points or, or double digits most of that game last week, and nonetheless, they the ball like 13 times. We've never seen this in the modern NFL. It cannot be overstated just how rare it is what this Falcons team is doing. No matter the situation, they're running the ball. Even if they're down by 18 points, it does not matter. The Falcons are who the Falcons are. And this week at home, give me the Falcons, minus six. They take care of business. Their rushing offense manages to control the ball. Again, Mariota does just enough to keep this game away from the Panthers and they cover the six point line. Next up, the Bears at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus 10 here. As we speak, the Bears are kind of giving the Patriots the business on Monday Night Football. Uh, Justin Fields is much better than I think people want to give him credit for. He is an exceptional rusher. And it seems like the Bears coaching staff just learned this in the past couple weeks. Uh, At halftime of this Monday Night Football game, he has 74 yards rushing. The guy is electric with the ball in his hands. So uh, for all his flaws in terms of reading the field and not throwing the ball into the dirt every time he drops back to pass, the guy is just incredible when when he gets the ball in space. We saw his incredible touchdown run from a few weeks ago get called back and now uh the bears offense seems to have figured a few things out. I love this Cowboys defense. They're coming off a week in which they had like two forced fumbles, five sacks, two interceptions. They were absolutely lights out against the Lions offense, so we were pretty high on to start the year here. The over under in this game is set at 43. The Cowboys are minus 10. Cowboys are the best defense in the league. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, just electric personnel up and down the field. Despite all of that, give me the over in this game. 43 seems a little bit too low, especially when you consider the Dak Prescott's coming back from... Two weeks now into his return from his hand injury, we're going to see him try to get a little more comfortable, I think. The Bears defense has been really susceptible to both the run and the pass, but especially the run here. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Tony Pollard and maybe Ezekiel Elliott rip off some big runs and Dak Prescott try to get right here, throw in one or two touchdowns so we can see him really show out, uh, show the guy who we've come to know as Dak Prescott over the last couple of years. The two games we've seen him play this year, he's been sort of held back either by Future play calling, bad play in the first game against the Bucs. And then last week, ultimately, by returning from that hand injury. So unlock that playbook. Let's go with the over in this game. Cowboys and Bears over 43. Now we move on to the. Miami Dolphins at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are home. They are plus three and a half at home, a home underdog. Over under in this game is set at 50. The Lions have been getting their shit kicked in the last two weeks. Uh, they were at one point the best offense in the NFL. Hard to remember now because they have been getting pulverized, pulverized of late. So now we see uh, the Miami Dolphins coming off a big win on Sunday night football against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that cannot get out of its own way oh my god it hurts so bad I can't stand watching this team every week please make it stop that was my tirade as a Steelers fan Uh, and we move on to the fact that the Lions are in a bit of a tough spot here the the Dolphins defense is really coming together personnel wise health wise and by contrast this Lions offensive skill position group is just really struggling they lost DJ Chark for several weeks Amon Ross St. Brown gets knocked out early in last week's game and Now they find themselves having to rely on guys like Khalif Raymond in the passing game. Guys like Josh Reynolds. Guys who we don't consider real top-end NFL starters. Uh, DeAndre Swift, we don't know whether he's going to play this week, but he's been out for several weeks now. I would expect him to stay out this coming week and maybe uh, come back after the bye in, in two or three weeks. For now, give me the Dolphins minus three and a half. I don't feel super good about this pick here. I probably would stay away if I was building my card for the week. What I love in this game is a guy I just mentioned. I love Khalif Raymond, anytime touchdown scorer. Uh, Amon Ra hasn't yet been cleared from the concussion protocol. I know that Dan Campbell said he was not actually concussed, uh, but he still was taken out of that game by the independent neurologist. So he may be back. But regardless, Khalif Raymond seems to be finding some footing in in this offense. He had five targets two weeks ago, seven targets this week. He played his highest snap total of the year this past week. I could see him sort of slotting into a similar role to Amon Ra. And this Lions offense needs to do something. Needs to do something. Needs to get the ball into some playmaker's hands. And maybe Khalif Raymond is that guy. He's a shifty, Fun player who I think gets in the end zone this week for the Lions. Now, the Arizona Cardinals... Go to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Vikings coming off a bye. Uh, Cardinals coming off 10 days rest. So the sort of mini Thursday night football bye. And the Vikings are five and a half point favorites. The over under in this game set at 48. This line is strictly in the Vegas zone, that five and a half range. Yuck. I-, I hate betting games like this. This is a stay away to me. I don't know what to make of either of these teams. I know the Cardinals looked much improved right before that mini bye there. The Vikings at home, have been a much better team than they have been on the road. Uh, if I had a lean here, it would probably be the Vikings minus five and a half. Just due pr- purely to the fact that this offense seems to feel and play much better at home thus far this season. Kirk Cousins looks like a blind spaz when he's on the road. He, he just doesn't know where he's throwing the ball. He's so, so passive. It kills me. It kills me. And now he returns home and he gets to run this this kevin o'connell offense in a way that for whatever reason is really clicking when they're in the confines of their home stadium they're getting the ball to justin jefferson in space he's making some crazy plays at home through getting everyone involved even dalvin cook's been just a better player at home as opposed to on the road so give me the vikings here minus five and a half most likely though this is a stay away weird vegas loan line now the raiders at the saints plus two and a half the over-under in this game set at 47. This is a prime tease candidate. Prime tease candidate. You see that line. You see that low over-under, under 49 here. You see that plus two and a half. We don't know what the deal is going to be with Michael Thomas and James Winston in this game. They could be back from injury, and if you wait too long on this line, you could see this line swing all the way. I would not be surprised to see this Saints line swing back to the Saints being favored closer to game time uh, once we get a little more clarity on the injury news with this team, especially coming off a of mini-buy. The Raiders have been absolutely smoking teams with their run game. The Saints defense last week really struggled to contain the Cardinals run game, but I think that was in part because of the element that Kyler Murray adds to that, and also the fact that on Thursday night football, weird shit happens all the time. I believe in the Saints rush defense. I call them the best defense in the NFL before the year. That has not proven to be true, but they are a competent group up front. Uh, They do have a defensive-minded head coach who coming off a mini-buy, I think will have taken the time to really do something to stop Josh Jacobs in this team. This is a prime tease candidate. I'm probably going to pair it with something else. But my lean here is the Saints plus two and a half. Next up, the Patriots of New England go on the road to MetLife Stadium to face the New York Jets. The Jets are plus one in this game. The Patriots are maybe bad. They're losing to the Bears right now. Uh, they bench Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi. I forget his name all the time because it's ridiculous. Uh, and you know what? I think the Patriots win this game outright. The Jets had no Brees Hall, and they traded for Robinson, the, the running back from Jacksonville. Now, the Jets offense, it stinks. It's no good, but it is completely reliant on this run game with Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Brees Hall tears his ACL last week. We don't know what to quite make of this Jets team, but the Jets are all in on being competitive this year. You, you see that by Brees Hall tears his ACL week. Hours later, they're trading for James Robinson to come in, slot into that sort of bruiser role to sort of accentuate the electric uh, change of pace back that is Michael Carter. I think this Jets offense may not skip a beat in terms of rushing efficiency with James Robinson over the course of the year. I think Brees Hall's obviously a much better player, but James Robinson has been a very competent back over the course of his NFL career, especially for a guy who went undrafted. Nonetheless, I don't know who's going to start a quarterback for the Patriots next week. It could be Bailey Zappi. It could be Mac Jones regardless this feels like a game that the patriots take care of business on they're underdogs against the jets how often have the jets beat the new england patriots as favorites over the last 25 years i know a lot of that was with tom brady but still give me the patriots until proven otherwise money line in this game uh the over under i'm staying away from it's going to be probably a yucky game offensively don't want any part of it but give me the patriots money line against the jets next week next up My Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles coming off a bye, Pittsburgh coming off a shitting of their pants in prime time against the Miami Dolphins. The line in this game set at 44, Steelers offense is terrible, just bad, no good. We watched Mitchell Trubisky two weeks ago come in relief for Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett returns last week. Kenny Pickett has shown a lot of flashes, and that's what I tell myself every night before I go to bed, so I feel better about this offense, but For now, he's really struggled to finish drives, to not turn the ball over. He has a lot of interceptions, and I like the fact that he's taking the shots, of course, but that last play where you're driving down the field, and and you could run for the first down, and you take that shot outside the pocket, you, you can't do that, Kenny. You cannot do it, not in this league. I'm high on the Steelers team. I know the Eagles are coming off a lot of rest, but in the Pennsylvania rivalry games, Over the course of my lifetime, these games tend to be pretty close. We've seen the Steelers as a huge underdog twice this year. We've seen them minus 10 against the Bills where they got eviscerated off the face of the earth, and we saw them minus 10 against the Bucks, where they won the game outright. To me, Mike Tomlin, I I struggle to bet against him uh, as a double-digit underdog, and I'm going to do that here. I'm going to take him plus 10 points. I don't love it. I, I don't feel super confident in this line. Maybe I'd tease this with something else, but... 16 if you get it 16 and even at 10 it feels like Mike Tomlin is going to cover this game even if they don't win this game outright they'll they'll stay relatively competitive with an Eagles team that maybe struggles a bit coming off that 2 weeks of rest and gets punched in the mouth a bit the Pittsburgh rivalry the the Pennsylvania rivalry is real and they'll keep this one close i think next up let's talk briefly about this week's coverage king hey yo lesson here bae. you come at the king You best not miss. Our coverage came this week I always call him Frank all offseason. I don't know if you noticed, but I routinely say his name wrong. Brian Dable, head coach of the New York football Giants. He's making chicken salad out of chicken shit. I said it right this week, guys, and he just keeps doing. It. He cannot keep getting away with it. Every week I come on this show every week. I bet against the Giants. I say tease the Packers against the Giants. There's no way the Packers lose against the Giants in London. You know what they do? They lose against the Giants every week. I say the Giants have to lose. Eventually, they're underdogs again. Uh, The Jaguars are hosting them. Jaguars have okay home field advantage. They have a pretty good defense. You know what? Brian Dable and the goddamn New York football giants do it every week. They keep winning. They keep forcing turnovers defensively. They keep doing impressive things on the offensive side of the football with an offensive line that is not exceptional. It's not great. Uh, Nonetheless, they turn Saquon Barkley back into rookie Saquon Barkley. The guy's the best running back in football right now. It's incredible to watch what... Ryan Dable is doing with this offense. More importantly, this whole team is so well coached. They don't make stupid mistakes, which is the craziest thing, because anyone who's watched Daniel Jones over the course of his career would say that's sort of his main thing. He does stupid things. He makes stupid mistakes. Guys now running for over 100 yards in a football game as a quarterback. He's the first Giants quarterback to do that in like 70 years, 80 years it's insane it's impressive I don't want to bet against Brian Dable I don't want to do it I'm scared of him frankly uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this Giants team shortly um, but keep in mind that for the guys I've named as coverage king uh, as much as I don't want to bet against them they're 0 two the week after I named them a coverage king and I'm afraid once again that, that that may be the case here so Brian Dable is this week's coverage king let's move on now to our late slate of games First up in the four o'clock window, the Tennessee Titans go on the road to Houston to play the Texans. The Texans are plus four over under in this game is set at 41. I do not want to watch this game. I do not want to talk about this game. There is some ugly, ugly, ugly football being played in the AFC South. The Titans suck. The Texans suck. The Colts suck. And the Jaguars are horrific. So, if I could spend as little time possible as I can talking about this game, I'm going to try to. Uh, Davis Mills looks pretty competent at times. Uh, he's like a slower Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan's now on the bench, but he was a very competent quarterback for most of his career. I've made that comparison before, but I see it every week. The guy processes the field pretty well. Damian Pearson on the Texans has been an exciting player to watch at running back. Maybe the best rookie running back we've seen all year outside of Brees Hall. And Brees Hall is gone now. So, so he's the man to own now. Uh, the Texans offense looked really bad uh, when they had to take out Tannehill last week for the rookie quarterback they drafted in the fourth round Malik Willis. I don't know Tannehill's status head of this game, but give me the Texans plus four. If Malik Willis has to play, I think the Texans maybe win this game by double digits. I have trouble betting against Mike Vrabel. The guy is one of the original coverage kings in terms of taking over a team and coaching the shit out of them. But give me the Texans here. Just got to do it. Let's move on. Please no more of this game. Next up, our sicko game of the week. <laughs> It's not a dress, it's a kilt! Sicko! This week's Sicko Game of the Week, the Washington Commanders, the Washington Commies, against the Indianapolis Colts, Sam Ellinger at quarterback, versus Taylor Heineke at quarterback, Wow, that is a crazy sentence to say out loud. It is gross, 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 gross. That's what this game is. The line here is set at six. Colts are minus six. As of this morning, I would suspect that that line is going to move. I think this line opened at six and subsequent there, too, is probably going to move once we know now more about this Sam Ellinger start at quarterback over under in this game set at forty two and a half. I don't know what to make of this game, man. I think this is going to be a slop fest. Two of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL, Sam Ellinger, Texas guy, Taylor Heineke, turnover guy. I don't want to touch this game. You have to be a sick maniac to subject yourself to this game in the the four o'clock window. Let's hope that Scott Hansen does everything in his power to hide this one from us. In the interim, give me the Colts here. Minus six. This brings us to the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams going on the road. Going to be a lot of Niners fans here in L.A. Uh, The Rams are plus one and a half. The over under in this game is set at 41. Question here. Why is Jimmy Garoppolo favored on the road against anybody in any context ever? Uh, I would love to know the answer to that question. I get it. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like a competent quarterback every other week, but other times he looks like a JV quarterback who's afraid to lose his starting job. So which Jimmy G shows up this week? That's really the question. Uh, it makes no sense to me whatsoever that the Niners, after the ass whipping they just got last week, would possibly be favored in the spot. It's a fishy line. I don't love it. I think that because of how fishy it was, if I had a real lean just straight on the line here, it would be the Niners minus one and a half. I know all the stats about Shanahan owning McVay. He kicks the shit out of McVay, despite being, to my mind, a pretty mediocre head coach. He takes care of business against the class of that division consistently. I know that maybe matchup-wise, personnel-wise, this isn't the best matchup for the Rams, in part because the Rams' offense is not very good at running the ball. Their, their offensive line is a disaster right now. By contrast, the Niners, due to the injuries they've had to their defensive front, have struggled to stop the run. We had guys like Isaiah Pachenko busting off huge runs for Kansas City last week. But on top of those problems within their interior defensive line, the Niners had so many coverage breakdowns last week that I'm suspect of their defense's ability to hold up against a Rams team coming off a bye. I went back and looked at a bunch of uh, McVay's games coming off a bye. He seems to be pretty consistently good, high scoring off those games. Give me the over in this game. I don't want to do too much on the regular play here. Give me over 41 in this game. I think the Rams come out scoring well, and I think their defense struggles to contain a strange Niners offense that's going to be implementing christian mccaffrey over the course of this game in in an electric offense that i think will sort of come to form the final game in our four o'clock window the new york football giants at the seattle seahawks seahawks are two point favorites at home 12th man over under set at 46 and a half the giants keep on winning it is so annoying every week i come on here i say the new york giants are so annoying everyone in new york's like the giants are six and one. Oh my god mike 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 i get it i get it it's great for them i'm very excited for all the giants fans but also please stop fucking winning giants so i can win some money is that so much to ask my god now listen I said a lot of compliments about Brian Dable. I said a lot of compliments about how this offense is conducting itself. I said, I don't want to bet against this guy because he's the coverage king. Why? Why would I bet against the coverage king? It makes no sense. I don't care. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. I'm fading the Giants here. Give me the Seahawks minus two. It just makes too much sense. They cannot keep getting away with it. The Giants are five and one against the spread right now. I think it's six and one actually, but they're six and one against the spread so far this year. They're not going to go undefeated against the spread. That's not going to happen, right? I mean, I mean, they've already lost, but they cannot just keep winning games against the spread. At some point, they got to lose. Give me Pete Carroll, uh the other rah rah guy, the other great coach who's overachieving with his roster, and give me the Seahawks minus two. Maybe I'll play an alternate line play. Give me the Seahawks like, at a higher number here just to really get some money on it. But for now, I'm fading it. I'm fading the Giants again. If they win again, so help me God, you're going to hear me come back on this show and bitching about it next Monday. Finally, Sunday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers go to Buffalo. This game is shaping up to be ugly. The line here is 10 and a half in the Bills' favor over under set at 48. Huge line for the Bills. Huge line. You look at that, you say, how is Aaron Rodgers catching 10 and a half points? Doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem fair. Doesn't seem like it makes any sense. But this Aaron Rodgers team is not the Aaron Rodgers teams of old. They're not what we expect from him. The offensive personnel is struggling. He's looking like a moody weirdo on the sidelines. He's talking about simplifying the offense. There's too much movement. Blah, 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 blah. Things are bad. Bad juju for this Packers team. He's yelling at guys. I don't like it. I don't like it. All that said, Bill's coming off a bye. We've seen them the last two years struggle to cover these big lines. Last year, they were big favorites against Pittsburgh week one. uh, they, They ended up losing that game outright last year. They were big favorites against one of the worst teams in the entire NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They end up losing to a Jaguars team that actually happened. Let's all just remember that the Jaguars beat the Bills last year, which is insane to think about. Which Bills team do we get this week? The difference between last year's Bills team and this year's Bills team to me has been them taking care of business. They've been getting these huge lines and they've actually been kicking the shit out of teams. Uh, Usually, I like to take the favorite when I see these lines this high because more often than not, they're trying to scare you away from taking them. I think here I'm going to go with the Packers at plus 10 and a half, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to bet against the Bills in any capacity right now. They just feel like they have the ability to break away, to to win this game by three scores at a moment's notice, to get one turnover, then a big score, then another turnover. And all of a sudden you're you're losing this bet. So it doesn't feel great. But give me the Packers here plus 10 and a half on Sunday night football. Next up, Monday night football, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Cleveland Browns. In Cleveland, uh, Browns are plus three over under in this game set at 47. Bengals had a lot of injuries last week. Jamar Chase, uh, all sorts of guys going down. And the Browns almost, almost pull one out against a Ravens team that is just dying to lose these games. They're just dying to do it. It's all they want is to to blow these games in the fourth quarter and they they can't get out of their own way. The Browns ultimately can't do it because Jacoby Brissett has sort of hit his ceiling as a starter, I think. You can't really close out these games. You can't really lead some of these fourth quarter comebacks absent the, I don't know, heroics of of some of his skill players. It's just not something Jacoby Brissett can do. And it's not what he's paid to do. He's really here as a filler for Deshaun Watson. So Watson can come back and lead this team in a deep playoff run. But for now, I'm going to take the Bengals minus three. I think the Bengals offense turned a bit of a corner last week. I know they're going to bite me in the ass for saying this because that's all Zach Taylor does. Every time you think he's the best offensive mind you've ever seen, he does something incredibly stupid. But for now, I like this Bengals team. I like what this Bengals offense looked like last week, even with the injuries, even with their sort of disappointment so far this year. The Bengals defense and offense maybe are clicking at the right time. They should cover this game. Minus three on the road at the Browns. A Browns team that has Jacoby Brissett that is maybe moving Kareem Hunt this week in a trade. We don't know yet, but give me the Browns here at minus three. Now. We finish up, as always, with our weekly picks. We're going to begin here with a two-leg teaser. First off, the New York Jets, plus seven at home for the Patriots. Then the Saints, plus eight and a half. We talked a lot about these games. I like the underdogs here. Feels a little frisky. Feels a little weird. I like the Patriots to win outright, so this seems like a bit of a weird line. But I don't know. I'm going to cover all my bases here. Next up. Straight up play, the Falcons minus six. I'm just fading the Steve Wilkes Panthers. Uh, I said that there was some Christian McCaffrey Ewing theory potential. The Falcons are in first place. Last week's coverage can give me an opportunity to bet with him. Give me the Falcons minus six. Finally, a big parlay for you guys fun one here give me new england to win outright the jaguars money line the new orleans money line and seattle money line that is a plus 812 parlay that'll cash your ticket that'll be a nice ticket you bet a hundred dollars you win 812 i wouldn't bet that much on this parlay per se but bet 10 you win 81 I i love that i love that for us so those are my picks this week thanks as always for listening i will be back soon and i'll talk to you guys next week